welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus, the leading podcast focused on transformation and change in the higher education space. We're continuing our CIO radio series where we speak with technology leaders about the trends and challenges reshaping our increasingly digital space. In today's episode, we speak with Jen Stringer, CIO and Associate Vice Chancellor of Information Technology at the University of California, Berkeley. Speaking live at Educause, Jen and podcast host Amrit Alawalia discuss the evolving role of technology leaders to empower a modern institution and the growing responsibilities of CIOs. Jen Stringer, welcome to the uh, Illumination podcast. It's great to, great to meet you in person, great to be chatting with you. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. So we're recording live at the uh, the Educause conference. Now, unfortunately, and I'll, for Jen's benefit, but also for the benefit of our listeners, our booth is unfortunately very close to some kind of broadcasting that's happening nearby. So you'll almost certainly hear some background noise, uh, but you'll forgive us that because it's going to be a great conversation. I'm curious just about your own career pathway. How did you wind up in in, a sp- in, in sort of the tech leadership space that, frankly, I mean, let's be honest, one of the world's best-known universities. Oh, well, thank you. Um, go Bears, I should say, <laughs> yes. I'm the number one public institution in the country. Not um, a big deal. Yes. Uh, but uh, but it, was, um, it was actually a circuitous journey. I uh, uh, initially started working at Stanford University right after I graduated and, and fell into librarianship. So I was a librarian. Um, Stanford put me through library school. Um, And this was before uh, technology was really at the center of things and the libraries were the tech hub, right? I meant to ask about that. I mean, how? Because there is a historic connection between the CIO's office and library. A hundred percent. And and in fact, when I was sort of the, the, the role of the CIO when I started didn't exist at most places. Fascinating. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so libraries were really the hub of the internet. That's where the research, I mean, that's where, you know, the, the research connections were happening so that you could do searching and literate searching and connecting researchers together. So, uh, so libraries really were the hub, in my mind anyway, of where sort of tech got started. No kidding. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up, you know, really kind of liking that side of librarianship and honestly when the web took off uh, my career took a different trajectory and it took the trajectory of um, working with academic technology and developing um, resources for uh, teaching medicine so that's so interesting and, yeah. and let's talk a little bit about that that pathway because it's it's fast you, obviously you were a technology leader at Stanford School of Medicine yeah. uh, you were, you had to stop at NYU yeah uh, now you're at UC Berkeley so you're you're at a land-grant university now how is that experience compared to past experiences where you were still at elite institutions, but at not-for-profits. Right. Um, I, it's actually a great question. It's a question that I've been thinking a lot about and actually talking to a lot of my fellow CIOs, CIOs about um, recently. Uh, you know, I will say that, um, I, you know, I have to be at a place that feeds my soul. Sure. Um, and that means that the core values of the institution has to really fit and align with um, what I want to do, because this is not an easy job. Being in technology is not an easy job. Job. And um, if I'm going to spend that much time, effort, and energy, I want to be doing it for the right things, yeah. and I want to m- make a difference. And so I will say that at a public institution, um, the sense of mission, the sense of um, providing access, uh, is I think hums deep in in our our bones and in our bloodstream at at Berkeley. 
Um, but it isn't without its challenges. I mean, being at a public institution right now is challenging from a financial perspective. It's actually challenging, you know, from when you look at the country right now, one of the things that concerns me the most actually about higher education is the fact that you know a large majority of our population does not trust higher education as a whole you know they don't trust science they don't um, they they uh, are, are cynical about um, you know the research that we produce and and I think it's a really frightening place right now and I think you know especially being at a public institution where you are dependent upon people who are elected into office and people who pay taxes um, to make sure that your mission um, is is able to be fulfilled with resources. It is it is a, a, a really um, difficult, I think, place to be. It's also a place, I think, though, of hope and inspiration. And as leaders, we have to ensure um, that we are doing everything that we can to support that mission. Well, I, I want to talk about that a little bit because it's, you know, the, what's always struck me about the land grant mission, the, yeah. you know, backed by the Morrill Act, creating access to knowledge and expertise in spaces that, you know, might not necessarily have access to that kind of education. So when you think about the role of the, the technology leader in that environment, like how do you work to empower extension? How do you work to empower this work that's happening across the campus to to really create that diverse view? Yeah. Uh, well, and I would say it's even um, in, in California particularly because, you know, we have certain laws that um, don't enable us to look, I think, holistically at admissions. Um, and so we can't... I, so I'm going to really focus on diversity here for a minute because I think it's so important. You know, and you look at the diversity of the California population. It is not, um, it is not reflected at, at this moment in Berkeley's uh, student population. And so part of what I think, you know, we as leaders, so I always say that I'm a higher ed leader first and a technology leader second. So what I'm looking for is what is the institution trying to do and where does technology help enable that mission? Um, right now, everybody's talking about data, and data actually, the better understanding of data actually enables us to make better decisions about targeting our admissions process. It, makes, it helps us make better decisions about you know, our recruitment activities, our retention activities. And so I think that is a place where we need to spend more effort and energy. And I will also say that you know when you are when you have over fifty thousand students on your campus, um, understanding data and then using you know using appropriate algorithms and and technologies to actually mine that data for insights um, is incredibly important because we just have too many students on our campus um, you know to, yep. to, to do this stuff by hand no right? absolutely I yeah. mean a million monkeys and a million typewriters is still not going to get where we need to necessarily exactly. go exactly exactly um, and uh, apologies to listeners but hopefully you're enjoying the, <laughs> the, the backing track of what I have to assume is a marching band somewhere um, so you talked a little bit about the evolution of the role Role of of the CIO from from really managing library technology. So, as you think about the role and focus of IT leaders over the past decade, what are some of the most dramatic changes you've seen? 
I think that um, the the evolving role of the CIO right now, and and remember, I, I consider myself a newbie. I've only been a CIO for two years, sure. uh, but I have been in higher education for you know th- 35 or so. Um, and um, <laughs> I know you yeah, start, start doing the math, people. So sorry about that. But I, I really think that the evolving role is is much more mission focused. You know, when the CIO role was created uh, 20 some odd years ago, and you mentioned, um, you know, the, that sort of libraries and IT, there was actually a lot of tension between libraries and IT. And, um, and um, originally, Educause, which was um, created by the merger of two different institutions, sponsored a fellowship program to bring library leaders and IT leaders together so that they could start understanding each other's cultures because the library culture and the IT culture just from a, a you know right. institutional perspective are really different right um, and so th- there was a lot of work around that and and then the CIO role sort of became um, more prevalent and a lot of it was around administrative systems it was around big ERP systems it was around making sure that people get paid it was around you know uh, <laughs> Important uh, right? you know networking <laughs> yeah. rolling out r- rolling out email for campuses right uh, enabling communications but but it was really focused on the administrative business, right? And I think that the evolving role now is really recognizing that where where technology and information are going now are supporting the actual core mission of the institution. It's supporting research, it's supporting teaching and learning, it's supporting student success. And so I think that the kinds of IT leaders that campuses are hiring now are actually coming from places like I came from, the academic technology space, the research technology space. You know, they want someone who understands the core mission, who can speak to faculty and students and really understand what their pain points are and what they're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, it actually leads into this idea about trends really nicely because I'm curious, as you look to the next sort of five to eight years, what are the trends you're keeping an eye on? What are the things you're watching? Yeah, I think that's... so I think that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, from uh, from a trend perspective, there are a few things that are the administrative business of campuses, right? Remote, everything remote, teaching remote, um, actually enabling more remote work. So I do think that there is a trend there. I also think a tr- trends in technology are around research computing. You know, think about quantum computing. Think about parallel quantum computing. Think about the changes that are happening um, in the research space, the amount of data that um, our researchers are having to process now. You know, think about the teles- like the, the web telescope, right? right. Yep. And all yep. of that information that's coming down that people are having to make meaning of. And I think that that's really where you know technology is headed. The same way in teaching and learning in terms of you know supporting changes in pedagogy, supporting you know hybrid environments to support students, um, technology to contribute to um, access to education, right? So I think that that is a a key place. Um, I also think, though, that, um, I I mean, you can't not talk about security. I would love to not talk about security. I would really love to never talk about security (laughs) again. Um, But, you know, I do think that, um, and, and I know that, you know, 
provosts and presidents and chancellors are not going to want to hear this, but man, you are going to have to be putting money into making sure um, that we are keeping our campuses secure in a way that they just, I, I don't think that, I don't think really that a lot of sort of higher education academicians really understand the risk to our research, right, um, to our data, that, uh, that you know, ransomware attacks are, are posing right now, you know, all of the cybersecurity threats, um, you know, nation state actors. I mean, we are like the perfect place um, to wreak havoc. And, and I just think that the kind of investment, and honestly, it's not even investment, it's the fact that there's, people are going to have to change what they do. And, and faculty don't, you know, faculty and students, they really think of, you know, that space as needing to be open, which I understand, but, you know, we really are going to have to actually change hearts and minds of faculty and students and their behaviors. Um, so I, I think that's a big piece of it, too. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we've obviously, we've talked quite a bit about the evolving role of, of the technology yeah. leader in the modern yeah. institution. Yeah. Um, so how... What role do you think IT leaders need to play in starting to define the strategy and priorities for respective institutions, especially in, in, as a world becomes more increasingly digital, but as the, the sort of responsibility scope of CIOs really starts to expand and evolve? Uh, I think that we have to, I have to, we have to remember that the mission is first and that we are there to guide, to engage, to, um, to provoke sometimes, um, um, you know, to bring in new ideas, um, but but institutions have missions that are you know driven by their research, driven by um, their educational mission, driven by the programs that um, they're trying to offer to their students and to the state. If that's you know, um, and so I think that you know we've got to be thoughtful, and and honestly, we we have to be, I think, you know, higher ed leaders first. The technology stuff is not the hard part. Um, it really is about you know engaging engaging with the mission and understanding where we best can provide support and and further that mission and really enable it and be a strategic enabler so absolutely well John yeah. I mean that pretty much does it on, on my end now the way we like to end our illumination podcast episodes is with one simple question which is if someone's going to dinner in your town so in Berkeley California where do they need to go to dinner oh that is so funny um, it's a great question, and can I put in one plug before oh, I tell you absolutely. where to go to dinner? For sure. You know, I, the, the one piece that we didn't talk about is the diversity of uh, and di diversification of IT staff, and I, I, I cannot leave no, it's this podcast it's, we need to talk about that. Be before, but without touching on that. Um, I think that there are a couple of things. First of all, you know, uh, I was talking about diversity of our student body. The diversity of my staff does not reflect, you know, the, the diversity of the California workforce. Um, and we really have to do better. And I think that um, that is a place where if you want to know where CIOs should be spending some of their time and thinking about things, I actually think we need to consider, you know, how we actually mentor and bring along, um, uh, you know, the younger, uh, you know, members of our profession, the newer members of our profession, to ensure that they see a place for themselves in senior leadership. 
leadership and that they see a place for themselves in actually you know, supporting the mission of our institution. So I just think that that's really important and it's one of the hardest things to do. Um, I will also say one more thing, um, which is uh, uh, one of the things that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about is the mental health of, of staff and students and faculty. And it's not a technology problem. I think that it is, um, you know, a, a, a leadership problem. And we have got to figure out how to support, um, you know, what is happening, I think, across our country, probably across the world, but certainly across our country as we're seeing, you know, mental health challenges for our students, you know, rise, you know, multiple fold. We've got staff who have their challenges with them partners with themselves with their with their own children and we've got to find a way to take care of people um, as as a whole and so I don't have answers but no, man it's been on critical it, questions, it's critical to questions think about. and yes. it's been on my mind so with that um, <laughs> you know where to go to dinner in Berkeley well, what I will say, um, I can tell you where to get a drink in Berkeley. Hey, How about that's, that? let's go with that. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Okay, let's so I'm going to like, tell you like the biggest off the beaten path. Nobody goes to this place who actually attends Berkeley. This is like the best place. It's called the Starry Plow. The Starry Plow, and it is like a straight-up old-fashioned local bar. They do music every once in a while, but it is where people who live in Berkeley um, go, not where people who go to Berkeley go. It's impossible not to love that. There you go. Jen, thank you so much you for your so time. Welcome. It's so great chatting with you. This podcast is made possible by a partnership between Modern Campus and The Evolution. The Modern Campus Engagement Platform powers solutions for non-traditional student management, web content management, catalog and curriculum management, student engagement and development, conversational text messaging, career pathways, and campus maps and virtual tours. The result? Innovative institutions can create learner-to-earner life cycle that engages modern learners for life while providing modern administrators with the tools needed to streamline workflows and drive high efficiency. To learn more and to find out how to modernize your campus, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.